<clears throat> okay, Martin, so we're back again. Back again, we made it. Session two. How you doing? Yeah, I'm alright. Recovered from my bus journey. Oh, really? <laughs> so you better explain. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I was working on the bus on the way on the way over here. And um, unfortunately, I looked up a couple of times and suddenly decided to feel travel sick, which is never the best yeah. thing in the world. But yeah, it's alright. I'm doing well now, so that's good. Well, I think I've just about recovered from our Christmas party that we had yeah. on Wednesday night. So we're delayed a day because yes. of that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, it was more, you were about to text me to delay a stick because I actually kind of broken down. Well, so. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not been a good week for that sort of thing. I uh, had a bit of a nightmare on Tuesday night with the trains and then yesterday with the, with the car. It's just uh, not been a good week for transport. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Well, um, the big news is, I've, well, big news for me is I've taken on a, a new freelance contract. So a project came up which um, basically is pretty much full-time until mid-Feb, um, doing some JavaScript and HTML work, which kind of in two minds whether to take or not, but um, the, way, the way I see it is it kind of you know, helps top up the war chest, so to speak. So uh, although I probably had a good couple of months, three months to go, before I actually needed to take on some work, I just figured uh, this is there, it's, it's ready, I'll go for it. And, uh, and then uh, come mid-February, I should have some free time again to, to work on Join.Data. So I'm back to Join.Data being a side project, working in the evenings and weekends, yeah. which is um, going to be a challenge, but uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not that bad. I think what I've found actually already is that I've been working on this new freelance project for a couple of days, and just in the evenings, it makes me more focused because I've got a massive list of stuff to do and rather than pontificate around looking at websites and so on and reading I just have to sit down and get on with it and get it done so I'm rattling through the to-do list in just sort of an hour or two hours a night um, hopefully I'll manage to keep that up for the duration but uh, yeah that's where I am with that So what progress have you made on joined up data since we last spoke then? Well we last spoke um, just over a week ago and I've been reading the Traction book um, which is really good actually, yeah, really helpful. Um, I've not got all the way through it yet, but I recognise a lot of the tactics he's talking about, a lot of the strategies rather he's talking about mm. for, for gaining traction and all. He, he talks about um, uh, the sort of bullseye approach that he has where you pick, you brainstorm all the different uh, approaches to gaining traction and then you pull them together, um, the different ideas that you come up with and work out which ones look like they're gonna be goers, which ones don't. Uh, which ones you're more excited about than others, and effectively prioritise down until you've got the one that you, you're going to work on next. Um, now, potentially you could do more than one in parallel, um, but you, you end up with about three, I think, is the idea that you could be working on, um, and then pick the most exciting ones to you to get started with. So I've been working on that a bit, um, and, and thinking about that quite a lot. I've been running Google Ads again, so I did the I've done a sort of a, what I call a content hub, just basically a series of articles about merging Excel files and how to do it using VBA, etc. And so I've um, I've sort of finished that, published it, and then started throwing Google ads at it with the aim of just really to hopefully get some shares and to get some people to download some of the spreadsheets I included, which would give me an email address. Mm. Now that has been wildly unsuccessful. <laughs> so I've only spent about uh, hundred quid on it. So I kept the budget fairly low, but um, loads of clicks. So about um, one point three percent click through rate, uh, and from that, um, what was it? 
about 15 to 20 percent clicked on an, another link within the, in, in the site so they didn't just bounce off the, the yeah. landing page so i was relatively happy with that but i got one email address which was one at one.com which is obviously not particularly useful <laughs> <coughs> so that's um that's disappointing so i just stopped that now and um what i've been trying to do is look more at just creating links really so looking at mm. directories to submit to um you know, submitted to the Microsoft partner website, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so that's what I've been working on. Have you checked out the Reddit ads again? Cause I have, yes, that's another thing actually. I had, I had a good look at the Reddit, Reddit ads, um, and I think I will do that, but I've not really got a presence at all on Reddit, mm-hmm. and so what I've also been doing is I've been trying to dip in when I can, and answer, I've answered two questions so far, so... You know, it's not a lot, but I'm, I think I'm going to work on that for a while first, get some questions answered, get a bit of a presence on there before I actually do an ad on there. But I will do that, I think, give it a go. Did you look into what they were? Is it like a sponsored, more responsive post? Yeah, thing? basically. I think you can do different types, but the one that, there was the article wasn't there, which we should put in the show notes, which um, was it, get your first thousand dollars from Reddit ads, I think, um, which is really good. And so that talks about doing a kind of ad where it's effectively like a post where people can reply to and so you can go in and you can then reply to what people say and so on and so forth um, I'm sure it can get quite fruity if people don't like your ad very much so I want to try and do it in as, as good a way as possible well, I hope they just leave it alone though if they don't well yeah I guess until you try it though you don't know do you so. no I mean it's that kind of community <coughs> where, where people go there you know they're, they're big against self-promotion so you can imagine an ad Unless it's done properly, people won't be too mm. keen on it. So we'll, we'll see. Ads are there, aren't they? Also well, yeah, I know. It's, uh, so yeah. it's a difficult one, but I think um, it's worth a go. Definitely. I was also thinking about maybe trying Facebook ads and, and other ads. I know LinkedIn ads don't work very well. I've tried those previously and got about one click after, within three weeks or so. Mm. Um, now, something I want to try on LinkedIn is um, a sponsored post, so you can put up some content and then sponsor that. And I believe that gets a bit more traction. So that's something else I'm going to put on my list of things to do. Um, so yeah, so it's all going in terms of in terms of the planning. Um, Twitter ads as well was, was something else on my list, but I'm not convinced about those really. Uh, I've started to try and build a bit of a following on Twitter. Just it's interesting. I've been been searching for people that that work with Twitter and uh, sorry that work with Excel and that talk about Excel a lot, and I've been following them. And so far, none of them have followed me back. So um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that, but we'll, I'll keep going with that. You can start retweeting their stuff and interacting with them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I've done that a bit, but not enough. I need to, yeah. need to carry on doing that some more. So what, uh, what time are you taking off over Christmas then? Well, I'm going to finish. I'm not working Christmas Eve. And then in terms of work, which at the moment is this freelance gig, um, I'm back on the 5th of Jan. Um, but I'll probably fix some work on joined up data and in between. Uh, it's difficult because we have various family around and my brother's coming over from he lives in South Korea so you know you want to see all the all the family and friends and stuff so we'll see how it goes how about you? well yeah it's a difficult one as well because we want to go see family I think we're going to see family so we spend Reading um, Christmas Day in Reading Sophie and I yeah. and Isabel um, and then go back to Gloucester because both our families are in Gloucester so we go back and visit them on Boxing Day but other than that um I mean, it's generally quite a busy time, really, for well, for the Vouchercoes website because mm. of lots of sales being on. Yeah, uh, they even start on Christmas Day, so I'll probably do a couple of hours on Christmas Day. Yeah, just checking some websites, adding sales and stuff. We can schedule deals to go live on Christmas Day as well, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think 
probably do an hour or two each day, but then that'll be off playing yeah. golf, doing other stuff. Very nice, sounds good. Depends what the weather's like as well, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> you won't be playing golf in the frosty weather, I'm no, sure. No, no, I don't like the frost, no. or the cold, or the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Fair weather golfer. Exactly, yeah, totally. Yeah. What about your, um, I was interested about the thing you were working on recently, the, the jumper, the hot or not thing. Oh yeah, that, so that, actually, that leads in quite nicely to what I've been working on this week actually. So one of the issues that we have on our site is it has a, generally has a really high bounce rate because people search on Google for John Lewis voucher codes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully click on our link in the top 10 search results of Google because we're ranking quite well for that one and come onto our site and then if we haven't got the specific voucher or code that they're looking for, they'll click back straight away and go and try another voucher code website. Right. And so <clears throat> our bounce rate is, across the site, it averages at about 84%, I think, which is quite high yeah, bounce rate. Yeah, Yeah, and bounce rate is one of the things that Google take into account with regards to Panda, I think, in terms of what the content okay. is like on the site. The theory being, if they visit your site and they haven't got the content on that they want and they click back, you know, Google can kind of view that as being a low-quality site then or having low quality content on there. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things, I guess, there's two things I've always been working on in terms of site speed, trying to get that the site humming and going as fast as, as we possibly can, um, and getting the Google page speed score as high as we can. And the second thing is trying to get the bounce rate to be better, yeah. um, which uh, on the retailer pages is difficult because of that, that happening is what I just said of, you know, looking at it, if they've not got the right code going straight back. But as a across the whole site kind of thing, we've been trying to build quizzes and widgets and little bits and pieces like that that yeah. will keep people on the site for longer. So it won't necessarily reduce the bounce rate on the retailer pages, which is the ones we make our money from, but yeah. as a, a, a value across the whole site, if they're doing a quiz or a hot or not type thing with Christmas jumpers and they click around a bit, then that should reduce the bounce rate across the whole site yeah. in theory. Um, and so we'll see how that goes. It's early days. but. Um, Another thing I've been trying to do, so I, I've been doing this wrong for ages, I guess. Well, no, not possibly not, because actually it'll be interesting to see what you think and perhaps what other people think as well. Because um, what I was trying to do, I guess it was almost like, well, it's not A-B testing, but I, so I was making changes to pages, as in the retailer pages, leaving it for a week and then checking the bounce rate in Google Analytics that week compared to like a previous week. Mm. And then I realised there's a better way perhaps of doing this in terms of using an A-B testing tool like Optimizely. Oh, right. <clears throat> so I'd used Optimizely before, ages ago, for the, uh, the Lightning Tools SharePoint company that I was involved in. Um, so signed up for that again. That's something else interesting that I'll mention later on anyway. Um, so I set up uh, the tests on the pages I wanted to t- test out. Um, but what was weird was they have a, a goal called engagement, which I would think would be clicking or something like that. Yeah. And the engagement rate on the pages for the normal page and the variation was like 50 or 60%. And so sounds that, that sounds weird when the bounce rate as reported by Google Analytics is like 80%. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what, yeah, I don't know. There's some, some other integrations that are pretty cool actually that you can integrate um, optimizely with Crazy Egg, which is the heat tracking thing. Yeah, yeah. So it can then track the where people are clicking across the variations as well which right. would be useful and you can also in, there's lots of different things you can integrate optimizely with um, one of them being Google Analytics so it can then give you the separate analytics on the variations of each page 
So I can mm-hmm. then take the bounce rate on each variation that I'm testing, yeah. which will be important. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, across a period of time, I'll be able to say more about Optimizely. It's an amazing tool. It's so good, the visual user interface of being able to just click and edit the page and delete sections and add sections oh, and wow. stuff, and then just press play and the experiment starts. Once you add their snippet of JavaScript to the page, pretty impressive. Um, but what's interesting about what those guys are doing is they've changed their business model. It must be relatively recently, because from when I used it a couple of years ago, it was software as a service type thing. Mm. Um, you know, pay forty dollars, you get to test so many, run so many experiments, on yeah. so many visitors, all that kind of stuff. Now they've only got two price points: uh, the free version, which seems to be up to fifty thousand visitors a month, wow. and then the enterprise version, which is cool for pricing. Right. And so when I I got a phone call from them actually the, the afternoon of when I signed up and um, their guy was you know doing the whole onboarding process mm. and stuff and it was quite good actually I had a good chat with him um, but he was saying their enterprise process or enterprise package now is more it seems to be more of a consulting thing around helping people set up the tests and what to test and all that kind of stuff oh, right. and the software that they have is just like what they use to do that and so the pricing that they were quoting to me and he was it's quite, I guess he's quite open and said this is quite, this is a big experiment for these guys. Mm. Their cheapest one was like six hundred dollars a month, um, but their typical typical customer is around thirty thousand dollars a year. Wow! Um, so it's interesting they're kind of <coughs> moving away from that software as a service to a pro- kind of a more of a consulting model, I guess. Software it? plus consulting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although it sounds like they're not really paying for the software in that case, it's just free. Yeah, and as I met, I mean, it's pretty <coughs> amazing if anybody wants to do any A/B testing. I'd highly recommend optimising that because mm. of the amount of stuff you can do for free. Yeah, that's um, amazing. I might have to look at the, well, not that I've got any visitors, but <laughs> I'll look at that at some point. So something that intrigues me a bit about when you when you're talking about A/B testing, if if the page has got two different sets of content, depending on you know which cohort of, of people come in, what how does that work with Google and the ranking for that page and the the content on that page that Google sees? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Mm. I'm sure some people will know. Um, Sounds like the sort of thing that Google wouldn't like very much if they're getting different versions of it. Well, it depends. So, because the changes are made because you add the optimised JavaScript yeah. stuff onto your page, I guess if Google doesn't execute that JavaScript... Just sees the original version. Then it'll just see the original version, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's interesting. I'm sure uh, many people have asked that question before and optimised, they've probably got an answer in their support thing. For yeah. It. Uh, perhaps we'll have a look and uh, post it in the show notes. But yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing this week. Obviously, Wednesday was Christmas party day, so that was yeah. right up as was yesterday, recovery day. <laughs> um, and then it's like, there's only Friday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday's Christmas Eve, isn't there? Yeah, it's frightening how fast it's gone. I've still got stuff to buy as well. Mm. Yeah, I need to start my shopping actually. <laughs> Might head into town early tomorrow morning and get it done. So you've blown it now, so you can't even use Amazon. Because you won't, have, won't get here in time. They, it will, and it was Prime, I think. Will it? Yeah. I suppose, yeah. If it's, yeah. If it's from Amazon, if it's from one of the other stores. I'm Amazon, more of a panic buyer, though, to be honest. I yeah. walk around the shops and b- grab random things and just uh, just throw them in. Yeah. <laughs> but to uh, to build on the insert stuff or the consultancy stuff that I was coming up oh, yeah. last week is the kind of startup, I guess, that we can track along on the podcast. Um, I listened to Bootstrap with Kids, their interview they did with Brian Castle. Yeah. Um, and he he's involved in a number of different products, but his main one that he kind of talks about now is Restaurant Engine. Yeah. And so he kind of phrased this as being hosted web design. 
Yeah, I've heard it. He talks about it as um, productized consulting as well, mm. because he does. He did a recent webinar thing with um, with Brendan Dunn. Yeah. About productized consulting, so I think he kind of thinks of it that way as well. Yeah. So, the base of it is on a on a WordPress multi-site installation, whatever he has up running. I imagine he has a few running there. Um, a restaurant can go on there. Well, I guess I'm going to do a real bad uh, idea of uh, <laughs> explanation of what he does now. But I guess. It's just he sells sites to restaurants, yeah, and they have a set of templates that they can choose from. I think, um, or because it's hosted web design, they get involved. They have to pay an upfront fee. Yeah, I think it's two hundred dollars, and the restaurant, you know, has a consultation with Brian or his team, yeah. and works through getting the site set up. And then it's a monthly fee to host it. Then, um, and there are different things you can add on, such as getting assistance with the email newsletters, I think, and social profiles and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and so. The thing that I'm going to test out is I've always, because I play golf and enjoy golf, I've always thought about and tried little bits and pieces of, you know, sites around golf. Um, so I think I'm going to uh, speak to a few golf professionals, teaching yeah. golf professionals, so yeah. people who, you know, earn money and uh, from the business side of golf and uh, see about doing, setting them sites up in a similar kind of mould. Yeah. Um, I spoke to a couple, I know I'm doing this the wrong way in terms of, kind of feel I need to have a portfolio of a couple of people yeah. um, to make it look like a real business. So I've spoken to a couple of people that I know who are golf teaching professionals who haven't got sites or their sites are a bit old or I think I could do a better job and they've kind of come on board where I've said I'll do it for free for them. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to get those set up over Christmas and stuff and then start doing it. Because it's quite good, I guess, because you know, golf teaching professionals, they have to advertise themselves in a certain way. Yeah whether it's, you know, you can ring up the golf course and find out who they are or they've already got a, a bad or a slow or a crappy website or something. So you can find out who these people are and if you can contact them and, you know, give them a good proposition of, you know, it's not going to cost you $5,000 to get a new website set up. It's a, a small startup fee and then a kind of monthly ongoing fee. Yeah, that sounds good. Might be a good proposition yeah. for them. We'll see. Can you get the guys that you've got contacted already and you get them to commit to pay a monthly fee for hosting? That might be a good way of actually getting some money. Potentially, yeah. So one thing I'm going to, well, I'm going to be, I, I think I'm going to be quite open in terms of how this goes anyway, in terms of reporting numbers and yeah. stuff like that. Because I've kind of always wanted to do that with what I've been involved with, but um, never really had the guts to do it. So I think I'm going to be open in terms of, you know, what I'm trying to do and yeah. different things I'm testing. So what I'm thinking of doing is, um, if you want to become a qualified PGA golf instructor, you have to do receive a three or four year course. And you work at a golf course while you're doing that, and you're, I think your title is like assistant golf professional or something like right, that. Yeah. And these guys still can do teaching as an assistant golf professional. Yeah. Um, but they generally charge a lower rate, um, and the money they make goes towards the fees for the for the PGA course and all that kind of right, stuff. Yeah. And so what I'm kind of thinking, there's like there's obviously, you know, I'm guessing a few thousand people that go through this every year. Yeah. Is if you can get hold of those people and say, look, I've built you the website now while you're in your second year of this three year course, and it will be free while you're still doing the course and then mm. once you switch over to having passed all the exams and you're a qualified PGA golf instructor you know it will become a normal cost then of yeah. X amount per month type thing and I guess you can, you can track that probably as well quite easily get yeah. to do it or something yes yeah um, I mean I guess if everyone took that up that could end up being hosting like 500 sites for free every year <laughs> but then you know nicely it could also then turn in once they qualify of being you know, 500 new customers that you've already got a relationship with and you're already yeah. hosting their website for and stuff like that. So, yeah. What about um, when they want changes and things like that? 
would that be included in the in the sort of hosting fee? I think that's what restaurant engine is, yeah. Yeah. Because it's built on WordPress, obviously it's quite intuitive and mm. you kind of hope people will make the changes themselves or I think they, they include that as a package of, you know, they'll make perhaps so many changes each month type thing. Yeah. Because um, so, providing that sort of service of changes for free mm. could become quite a burden. If it, it could, yeah. I guess that's part of the business, isn't it, to see how it is. But I know, again, it's interesting because once I find an interesting interview with someone, they've generally done interesting interviews with all the different podcasts. They kind of go around the circuit, I guess. They do, yeah. <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> so finding out about Brian and Restaurant Engine and stuff, you know, I've Googled and listened to another few podcasts. And so he's um, built loads of processes around the business now. He's yeah. been doing it long enough. Yeah. And so he said he's got a team out in the Philippines. And I guess yeah. if people do come through with changes, there's a whole process that... Yeah. it gets managed through and uh, he can outsource that to his team to make the changes rather than him. Mm. That's, that's the good thing about that sort of thing, isn't it? That you can do that once you've got it down. You've done it for enough people that you know where the problems are mm. and you can systemise it and, and get it out. Yeah. Somebody else doing it. Yeah. So it's interesting. I guess, well, I mean, the interesting thing is obviously, you know, there's lots of different niches you could try that with. Yeah. Brian's done it with restaurants. Um, golf teaching professionals obviously interest me because I like playing golf and it's an excuse to get down the golf course to talk to people about websites and yeah, stuff definitely. and get nine holes yeah. in if I can as well. So. <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes, I guess. Yeah. I wonder how many people um, try to find golf professionals on the internet as opposed to walking to local golf course. I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, well, that's a, yeah. I think most, I would say most people, I was going to say, because most people are members of a course, but yeah. I'm not sure if that's true anymore because membership rates are falling. And so, Historically, I guess you would always have gone and saw the golf professional at your course where you remember. Or the driving range. Mm. Quite a lot of people start out just hitting balls at the driving range, so maybe if there's a pro there, they could... Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you can say to the pros, you know... I, well, I guess every, every business always wants more customers. Yeah, it's a lead generation tool, yeah, isn't it? It's so. a lead generation tool at the end of the day. And I, from what I know, you know, or from and who I know, the golf teaching instructors enjoy playing golf and enjoy teaching. They don't necessarily enjoy looking after their website and yeah. managing all their social media profiles and yeah. sending out a newsletter once every two weeks through MailChimp and stuff. So if we can take control of that, and as well, I guess with the whole email newsletter thing, it's about they've got a roster of clients already. Yeah, it's about maximising the revenue from those guys as well. So if they keep in contact more often course, with those yeah. guys, they might get lessons booked more often from them and so on. Yeah. Um, so it's as much about a, a CRM type thing or just customer relationship management and yeah. existing clients as well as trying to find new ones. Yeah. So. I can imagine if they had gaps in their schedule just publishing that every every week to potential mm. people that want lessons, that could probably fill up their schedule pretty quickly. Mm. If somebody sees in their inbox that there's a slot available on Tuesday evening when they're yeah. free, you know, that's uh, far more mm. easy for them to book up than just ring up the pro, find out that he's not there, he's teaching somebody else, have to ring back or get, you know, it's just from the pain in the backside that you don't want to do, whereas yeah. if you can see it in your inbox, yeah, he's got his free Tuesday night. Yeah. And then, you know, once you start thinking about it, there's loads of ideas. Mm. There's the whole, because um, I, <laughs> I think I've done this actually, um, my friend James has done it where he's booked a lesson and forgotten about it. Right. <laughs> and in theory, you still have to pay it, but sometimes the pro will let you off and say, yeah. you know, book one in two weeks time or something. But then there's obviously SMS text reminders, Yeah. send one the oh. night before. The world's your lobster. There you go. Anyway, so that's what uh, what I may well be working on after or over Christmas. Oh, excellent. Look forward to hearing about that. It sounds yeah. interesting. But then, oh, this was going to be a topic I was going to talk about last week. So 
you know, it obviously makes makes sense to me to build it on WordPress. Yeah. I don't know WordPress, I don't know PHP. Yeah. So I think we've decided we're going to talk about goals today. Yeah. But this is a topic for another, perhaps Tuesday, so we're going to record again. Because there's a couple of people I know and work with who are developers and no WordPress and no PHP. So does it make more sense for me to learn WordPress or should I be focusing on the business side of things? Mm, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. That's a whole topic we're going to sell, perhaps we'll save that for Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, years and years and years ago, I looked at WordPress and I really didn't like it. And so, so since then, I've been trying to use, I mean, fundamentally for my freelance business, if I do web apps, it's using C-sharp.net. That's why I started to use .net-based CMSs. And then just recently, I thought I'll give WordPress a go again. And I was amazed at how good it is. Mm. <laughs> the plugins you can get that just do stuff for you and... You know, the, the joined up data, like I say, put that together in a day, basically, just using plugins to do the different things that needs to do. Now, you have to make compromises, but it, it would have taken me a week, probably, or more to do it with one of the other um, .NET-based CMSs that I'd used in the past. So, I, yeah, I'm now in love with WordPress. Yeah, and in terms of building out sites for other people, the whole admin interface. Yeah. You know, for Vouchcoach Pro, the admin interface that we or I've built for that is just shockingly, terribly poor. It's just a white screen and text boxes and, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But also if you're building sites out for customers, they kind of expect to... Well, I, it looks better for them, doesn't it? And a nice user interface, admin user interface for editing and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. there's WordPress having all that there already. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to talk about goals for uh, 2015? Yeah, 2015. I've got a couple of goals, I suppose. Nothing. I haven't put a massive amount of thought into it, but there's a couple of goals which are generally my goals that are ongoing every year which I rarely manage to achieve but I've tried to put them a bit more succinctly this time. So we'll um, at the end of 2015 we'll do a review show yeah. where we go over these goals yeah. and uh, give us a score score ourselves out of 10 or something like that how well we've done. Yeah that sounds reasonable. Okay. Go on you go first. Okay so my first one is around running um, so somehow foolishly I ended up doing the London or I am doing the London Marathon in theory <laughs> no <laughs> in April. practice you are doing yeah. <laughs> and so I need to start doing some running pretty pretty sharpish um, and so a, a year ago or a few years ago I did this thing run streak where you run every day oh yeah so you run at least a mile every day hopefully you know two or three times a week you run a bit further and I found I did really well with that I did up to I don't know maybe 60 days or something like that wow. I can't That's quite remember how long I did it for but um and so, because I know I've got this run coming up, and we're both going to do the Reading Half Marathon yeah. as well, which is um, late March or something like that sometimes, I need to get back into running, so I'm going to do Run Streak. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and do it for the whole year, so having a goal. So, 365 days in 2015, I'm going to run at least a mile every day. That's. Um, I've got a friend from the SharePoint world uh, who's done it, um, Tony Pounder, so it can be done. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see how it goes. My worry with that would be injuries. Yeah, but you can hobble a mile. You can yeah, hobble a mile, yeah. Might not do your injury any good. <laughs> you could hobble a mile. Well, I've got a couple of um, running-related ones as well. It could be a running podcast, couldn't it? But I think the first one, yeah, as you say, running the Reading Half Marathon, I want to run it faster than I did last year, which is a goal. And then um, I'd also like to at least run one more half marathon this year. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a marathon, but I don't want to commit to that. I don't think my knees would hold up, but... Um, so at least one more half marathon. Okay, so that's goal number one, around running. Yeah. Number two? Well, for me, um, obviously you've got a voucher Coast Pro that you're run, the business you're running at the moment, and you've had your SharePoint business before that, so you, you don't have the, the freelancing side of things that the 
holds you back, so to speak. I mean, I shouldn't complain about it because it's funny the freelancing thing. I, you know, if I ended up spending the rest of my working life freelancing, that would be fine. You know, it's not a problem. Mm. But of course, I, I do want to free up that time by having a product. And so I think my goal for next year is to be earning £2,000 a month from something which isn't freelancing, so a product of some sort which doesn't have, you know, such an impact on my time. I mean, obviously I'll have to work on it, but it's not dictated by clients, etc. It's a, it's a product which, or a product I service, whatever, but which brings in 2,000 pounds a month, which would free up a lot, if not all of my freelancing. So that's by December 2015? Yes, in a year. 2,000 pounds a month. In December Sounds like a bit ambitious to me at the moment. <laughs> okay, we'll uh, so for me, for work, I guess, about to coach pro, uh, 2013, we did really, really well. 2014, we had some issues around Panda back in May. I think I mentioned last yeah. uh, last week. So the goal has got to be to get the site back to 2013 traffic and revenue levels. Um, we've kind of got a plan of how we're going to do that around better content, um, getting people to spend more time on the site. So um, that's going to be the plan for Vouchercoach Pro. Um, so that's goal number two. Goal number three, interestingly, you're saying about freelance worker wanting to get away from it mm. I guess from the consulting point of view that I've mentioned around that's kind of wanting to get into it yeah. from wanting to get a different revenue stream Ooh. and not relying <laughs> on the Bouchercoes so much uh, or the Bouchercoes business so much so goal number three for me is going to be around getting a consulting business started and up and going yeah. and whether that will hopefully be around the golf sites for teaching professionals that's yeah. going to be the first target but you know, I won't be fussy at the end of the day, I'll build a WordPress site for anyone or we can build a WordPress site for yeah. anyone, I guess. So, um, and I think the key yeah. with that is, is it's not going to be you doing all the, the work sort mm. of thing. So, you know, if you can systemise it and make sure that other people are doing the actual coding. Yeah, to a certain degree, yeah, it will be more me going out and getting the work in and handing yeah. it off because, um, like I say, we have got some developers that do WordPress stuff and PHP and... And design stuff, good design stuff, thankfully. So you don't want to see me doing the design work. <laughs> so that's goal number three for me. Uh, I guess to summarise, it would be get a different or another revenue stream, business revenue stream coming in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I've only, I mean, related to the last one, really, um, it's a bit more sort of work-life balance kind of thing. At the moment, obviously, I've got this new freelance gig, and so I'm working evenings, weekends, not so much weekends, that's more family time, but definitely evenings. So by the end of the year, I want to be in a situation where I'm not working evenings and weekends. Um, I've had I had it for a while recently because I've had sort of free time in the day to work for work on the, the, the product side of things. But I'd like by the end of the year to be in a consistent state of not having to work in evenings. Now sometimes if I want to, fine, but mm-hmm. not having to do it to just keep up is a is a goal for the end of next year. Um, so my num- number four for me is for us to do a podcast each week. Yes, that's one of mine as well. So, um, what should we commit to? 52? I guess so, yeah. A number? Yeah. Then we've got uh, something to measure it against? Yeah. Okay, so 52 podcasts in 2015. Yeah. And I think, um, as well as just getting a podcast out because we enjoy doing it, I think it's the accountability thing, isn't it? That's making progress on our various projects. We've got something to talk about each week. Yeah, exactly. um, Yeah. I was going to say, otherwise it'll be a boring podcast. It might be boring, might be boring. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but uh, at least we should have something interesting to talk about. Well, we'll find it interesting anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got some bits and pieces left to do, haven't we, around the podcast. We kind of launched it early last week. 
Well, this week, sorry, Monday. Yeah. We've got artwork we need to get done so we can submit it to the iTunes store. And yeah, and we're debating it. about whether to go for an intro music or not. I think we'll give it a go as it is for now and then maybe change it in the future if we, if we want some yeah. intro music, whatever. So I added another one. Fifth, have you got another one? I've got five. Um, I don't know how many I've said. I've, I've got a couple of silly little ones, but... So number five, I only wrote it down actually just before we started recording. It's around another revenue stream actually and around the other one, but I thought build a WordPress plugin in terms of having a product uh, again. Yeah. That's a good idea. So because we're going to be spending time in WordPress um, and learning it and so on and so forth, it's kind of similar to the model that we had with uh, Lightning Tools around SharePoint web parts. Like a web part is pretty similar to a plugin, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. I've got experience building that type of functionality and marketing and selling it and so forth. Um, so if we're going to be doing lots of WordPress stuff, it kind of makes sense. Perhaps there's the opportunity to uh, to build that and get back into products again to a certain degree. Yeah. So see how that goes. That sounds good. That's it. That's all I've, I'm committing to for next year. Okay. Well, there's one more that I might as well throw out there, which is I, I've the amount of times I've started a personal blog, written one post, and then never got anywhere with it. But I've got um, I've started another one, which has got one post on it. But my uh, my goal is to write at least, and this sounds a bit wishy-washy now, but at least one a month, at least a post a month, I think I could commit to that. Mm. Um, not just like a two-liner, but a proper post once a month, yeah. at least for the next year. That's, I think, uh, anything else would be a bit too much, because if I do you know, end up doing more freelance work and I'm working in the evenings on the product, then it's, it's going to be difficult to fit yeah. more than one post a month in. So I'll commit to that for next so year. Why do you want to do that? What are you going to write about? I just think that I... I've been writing a bit more recently than I have done ever before. And I think the more I do it, the more easily it comes. Mm. And so if I can write a post every month, then um, it will hopefully help me to, to, to get better at writing mainly. Now, what about you say? I mean, I've, we've talked before about having an audience, you know, people that, that generally have successful product launches or, or, or some, you know, start from nothing effectively generally have an audience of some sort that they can they can go to yeah um and i don't have that you know so um on a blog i don't know for definite what i'll be writing about if any of it will be coherent in terms of one particular field um the blog post that's on there at the moment is about qt this this c++ uh, development platform which i really like the framework um and so i think maybe about that um, at least a few posts and then see what happens what's uh, what URL is on martinjudd.com well there you go you got that yeah well, it came up for ages. <laughs> it, it was a great sales thing actually the uh, domain company that I used sent me an email saying oh it's available do you want it I went no go on then <laughs> so I bought was it was registered before by someone else then it must have been because um, I'm sure I checked in the past for it and it, it, someone else had it but yeah it came up so I got it hmm with um with the joined up data thing, yeah, you're going to be open with your revenue numbers and how much you're spending, stuff like that. <clears throat> um, yeah, I suppose. I don't see any reason why not. I guess because, well, because you've been doing it for a little while, when you put down, you can start doing it now, can't you? The cost yeah. of Google Ads, all that kind of stuff. I could do, yeah. on it. Um, so I could publish that on there. That'll be a blog post once a month at least. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. Easy. <laughs> Anything interesting you've seen or read last week? Well. This is probably a couple of weeks old now, actually. I meant to mention it last week, um, but Nathan Barry did a 24-hour product. Did you see that? That, mm. that was amazing. I, 
Um, and and uh, Amy Hoy also tagged on as well and did her own 24-hour project. So the idea was it was a, tw- uh, uh, a, a 24-hour product challenge, so you had to build a product in 24 hours and release it. And I thought that was just brilliant because he was using his own product convert kit to market it, etc. Um, now granted, both of them already had a, an audience, if you like, they already had an email list and loads of Twitter followers, etc. To, to, to latch onto it. But even that said, within 24 hours, they both produced books. Yeah ebooks and had loads of sales you know and it keeps going mm. it's a fantastic um fantastic story i mean for them they've already got other products as well so it's brilliant marketing for them as well um and i just thought i'd mention it if uh, i'll put the links in the in the show notes in case anyone's not heard of it already i'm not sure most people have um but i just thought it was a brilliant idea mm. yeah it's good marketing as well isn't it Cause definitely yeah and nathan is he doing videos? But he's tweeting about it as he's doing it. Stuff yeah, it yeah, and he, there were some videos as well that he, he, he put out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to me, it sounds ridiculously difficult to, to do that. I mean, even write, I think he was writing lessons about um, that were going to go into the book. Mm. You know, even writing a lesson in an hour is is tricky. I think uh, maybe he's he's well practiced at writing and makes it easy for him. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to do that one day. Mm. Well, anything else? No, that's really, I think, all I've got. The only interesting thing I mentioned already was the... Um, the in- well, actually, there was two, actually. I forgot this was last uh, last week. It's from Bootstrap with Kids again, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the interview with Justin Gilchrist about buying sites. Yes, he was at... Was he microconf- yeah, Microconf Europe. And so it keeps happening to me where I listen to an interview and go, oh, that's something I can do. Yeah. Um, so I started looking. I, had, I sent them an email actually, and had a couple of emails go backwards and forwards. Um, and it's about buying sites. Whether depending on what your budget, if your budget's less than twenty thousand dollars, go look on Flipper. Yeah. Um, if it's more than that, you can work through uh, brokers who sell websites and stuff. Um, and so I kind of thought, you know, from what we've done with Voucher Codes Pro, buying a site that's been hasn't had much love for a while but has potential and stuff, and from and being able to you know, spend some time and effort on it from SEO and marketing and PR point of view. Um, but from, you know, obviously $20,000 is a lot of money to spend. And yeah. from looking at the revenue numbers and stuff and the multiples of revenue that they go for, they would generally, and this it makes total business sense that they go for this, these revenue numbers, but it would be anything from you know, one times annual revenue to two times annual revenue. Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking, although I, the idea would be that you, know, you could increase that monthly revenue, it would still take at least 12 months to two years to earn that money back yeah. that you've invested into it. And I kind of think, and this is a whole, you know, not invented here, whatever it is type <laughs> thing, I'm thinking, well, I'm sure in two years' time, if I wanted to build a site in that area, I could build it and do it myself better rather than spending the money up front. But it's about the traction they've already got, isn't it? Yeah. That's what you're buying, really. You're buying the customers, the page views, the ranking in Google, all that mm. sort of stuff. So yeah, so I, I was kind of thinking that could be a good way to go, but then I heard, <laughs> this is like getting my attention switched to the next shiny thing, <laughs> the Bootstrap with Kids interview, which was actually done before the one with Justin Gilchrist, the one with Brian Castle, um, around his, the one he's done around rest, restaurant engine. Yeah. And I thought because I've got a niche that I wanted to go after in terms of golf type stuff, to perhaps attempt that yeah. rather than looking at other sites. Um, and if that does, or and, you know an idea does generate some revenue I certainly think and you mentioned before you know if you had the money there it would be something you'd be interested in doing in terms of investing in an existing site 
rather than starting one from scratch. Definitely. If I had, I mean, if I get to the point where I've got, you know, replaced my income from freelancing with a product, then mm -hmm. I'd definitely start to look at that sort of thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say. Well, that was the the main thing I saw was interesting was the Brian Castle interview. So yeah, we can link up to that. Definitely. Excellent. Okay. So uh, I guess Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas. I'm not in a Christmas mood yet. I don't know about you. Not really, no. I can't believe it's less than a week away. So. I, know. I enjoy Christmas Day itself, but the whole build-up and stuff is yeah. tiring. <laughs> <laughs> but humbug. Yeah, I guess because Isabel, she's only a year and a half old, so she's not really old enough to mm. get excited. But I guess when she, she likes the Christmas tree, and every time she walks into the lounge, she points at it, so we have to turn the lights on. I'm feeling it. She's not excited enough to get excited about, or old enough, sorry, to get excited about presents and stuff yeah. like that yet. So It's great when they do, yeah. She likes boxes now. That's her favourite. Oh, fantastic! Thing. Oh, you've got it. Yeah. So we've got our presents. She'll probably well, all kids do, don't they? She'll probably be more interested in playing with the yeah. box than what's actually in them. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey ho! Well, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone, and uh, yeah. Speak to you in. We're going to do release one just before. It'll be after Christmas. After Christmas. Yeah. yeah between Christmas and New Year, there should be one, and then um, we'll see about the New Year how that pans out. Hopefully, we'll be submitted to iTunes and all that kind of stuff by then. So. Yeah, I hope so. Fantastic. Great. All right. Cheers then. Merry Thank Christmas. You. Bye. Bye.